Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A sunny day, warmer across the upper Midwest, which means some good corn growing weather. And Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. A turnaround Tuesday, Sue, but really not a lot going on in these markets. Just excitement one way or the other. It is. It's a very quiet day. Um, you know, the corn market is so absent with news. Uh, we know that um, U.S. ethanol margins have been finding support and has lifted, you know, over the past month. And then, of course, you know, you've got crude oil uh, down today, retracting or correcting. And that's off of news that uh, Saudi Arabia thought they could be up and running fully in about two to three weeks. But the bottom line is, um, I think that um, when we look at what's going on here, the um uh, I would have to say that you know crude oil had such a huge day yesterday, and it was a, a you know we we've seen days like that in the past, but not very often. So to be down today and just kind of correct with an inside range day is nothing out of line. Crude oil closed down three dollars and fifty six cents today per blue barrel, and um, you know it might take out today's lows, but. I'm wondering if we won't in the next day or two come right back up and take another look at those highs. Now, that said, though, because crude was retracting, it offered the markets like grains. Everything that was rallying yesterday on counter crude allowed for those all to retract back today as well. And the dollar's down, as I speak, about 39 cents or 39 points. And so it's down, but it's kind of just a quiet lower day as well so just there's just not a lot of news and i think the market is waiting uh to get uh, the chinese delegates trade delegation over here uh to be able to get more of a grasp of what's going to come out of these talks um we're not hearing an awful lot and in the meantime the weather forecast you know right now it's pretty hot for this week and there's talk of um, the midday GFS model came in drier, uh, showing that uh, there could be a possibility of um, a return of maybe some moderate to heavy rains in the um, uh, Midwest rainfall over the next 10 days, but still a little bit drier uh, for, you know, the next few days. The, um, uh, there's a tropical storm that is forming. And they're thinking it'll move into the Gulf here in the next 24 hours. Uh, that would come into Texas and Louisiana. And um, that could then shove some rain up, you know, into the Midwest. Uh, just depends on where it hits. You know, you, you talk about this weather, and obviously guys are happy to see August-like weather uh, mid-September as far behind as this crop is. And we got that confirmation yesterday when we got the weekly crop progress report. I mean, not a lot happening for the corn, but definitely some changes for the beans. Well, it was. Uh, beans lost a percent, and beans potted showed that we were 5% behind normal or on average which equates to about a little over 4 million acres that are not potted yet. Um, and when you look at corn and you look at dent and you look at uh, dough stage, you know, 
it's it's no doubt it is really uh, running behind everywhere. Even Nebraska's like two percent behind. So you know the crops are really behind most everywhere, but especially in Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, um, and even Missouri. And so that's a concern because this heat, yes, is pushing the crop ahead. It's a double-edged sword because the heat is what they need. But on the same token, if they're shallow-rooted and compacted soil, then the crop's going to struggle and suffer. And that's going to cause the crop to come home a little quicker. But on the same token, yes, it, it maybe helps push it so that it kind of beats the potential of a frost freeze. Right now, nobody's thinking about a frost freeze because of the heat that we're seeing. But in the meantime, I think it's going to push the crop and, you know, we're not going to see the yields that everybody thinks. You know, we, we keep talking about the delay in the the yield and we, we see the WASD reports. We know the WASD report next month will be closely watched. But at what point is the markets really going to start to get that nervous feel to them, knowing that the combines really aren't running in the fields like they were a year ago? And the yields might not be there. Well, and that's right. You know, I think what it's going to take to get these markets to really say, yes, we have harvest lows in and get them going is to see the combines roll. Yes, it could be that we could have a frost freeze around the 1st of October, although some of the forecasts don't imply that. But it's possible. In the meantime, because if you look at a negative oscillation index, of the Eastern Pacific and the Western Pacific, both of them negative, and the negative Arctic Oscillation Index. Well, basically, all of those imply towards the very end of the month into the 1st of October that that will seek a return of cold temperatures. The question mark is, how cold will it be? Can we have a storm that moves into the Gulf that the circulation pulls the cold air down from Canada? Who knows? Um, but, you know, it's two weeks away, and when we look at what's going on and with the heat, nobody's thinking about it now. And once those combines roll and we start hearing the yields, that's when I think the market starts to say, oh, yeah, maybe we need to do something here. We need to react. And about that time is when we'll start to see the social media trade affect the way we see the trades go exactly yes it will stick around folks we do have more coming up it is the tuesday version of the fontanelle final bell right here on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us as we head into part two. And we look at China. Uh, Sue, I know you briefly mentioned it in the first part, but the export story, I mean, everything is kind of hanging on, as you mentioned, them coming to the United States. Are we seeing some goodwill gestures, or is this just kind of putting out a temporary olive branch? It seems to be the big question. Well, it does. Um, I do think that uh, China rolling back the tariffs on pork and and soybeans, even though they're picking the timely time to do it, that behooves them with holidays coming um, that are major holidays in their uh, uh, country. I do think it does offer President Xi an opportunity to save face and in the meantime have a little propaganda along with it. 
Now, that said, China has, um, it was announced today that they bought another 250,000 metric tons of U.S. soybeans this morning. And um, that now brings all the, the purchases so far that's been announced up to 720,000 metric tons. But the trade still is looking for closer to 3 million metric tons of beans from the U.S. Uh, before this is all said and done. And, um, of course, we don't hear anything about the pork. We always have to wait for export sales, the weekly numbers, uh, to take a look and see how much has been bought up by China. But um, we do think China is getting pork. I um, have a client that um, does farm 3,000 acres over in China, in Hebei, and um, he was telling me, he goes to China a lot, and he was telling me that, you know, every time he's over there, they serve bacon on every, on every meal, and especially at breakfast, always. And he said the last time he was there, which was about two and a half, maybe three weeks ago, he said there was no bacon being served. And so I think it's it's very serious uh, what's going on. And I think that um, when you look at corn, uh, China's uh, Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs came out and stated this morning that uh, China has an estimated about 56 million metric tons of corn left in it in their temporary state reserves. And I thought that was interesting. Um, they said they've been selling tons, millions of metric tons of grain from their stocks in recent years. And, of course, it's always been thought that the grain that they had was of poor quality and probably going into ethanol. But to have someone label it and say 56 million metric tons, that's really not that much. And especially for a country of their size. But uh, he went on to say that uh, he thought that we would see imports of four to four and a half million metric tons of corn into China this year. Well, we need that. Not only do we need it, Chinese need it. And hopefully we can get something worked out so we can see some prosperity for everybody. Well, we do. Uh, the key will be to the weather in South America. Now, uh, the midday forecast for South America showed that um, uh, there was a high-pressure ridge that's been dominant over um, central Brazil, and it's thought that that will start to lose its strength and uh, maybe change the, the pattern there to where they can maybe catch some rain. Now, their uh, planting of soybeans usually does not start until after the September 15th deadline, and the reason they have that is to avoid uh, the potential of Asian rust. And so, you know, they're going to be busy planting, but it'll be interesting to see uh, just how much rain they get out of this forecast. They're talking a half to one inch uh, for many of uh, areas of Brazil's soybean belt, and so we'll just have to see. But if they catch that, that should entice more planting, or let's put it this way, more aggressive planting. We look at the livestock side. Obviously, cash hasn't fully developed yet, but the way the futures have been trading, do we think we get an idea as to what we might see on the cash cattle market this week? Well, I thought we'd be steady to maybe a little firmer, but at least steady on the cattle market. And, of course, we need to see the product firm up. Um, I think that uh, what's really, of course, you know, fats today, uh, we noticed October's was the strong one, but it was the feeder market that really pulled everything uh, north. 
and you know at one time we had October um, feeder cattle up about um, geez, 420 points or so uh, the market didn't hold that all they they still closed pretty firm though and closed 310 higher on the October feeders at 137.30 demand for feeders seems to be pretty decent um, you know you look at um, uh, the cash markets and they're running premium to the futures market and the only reason they'd be doing that is if they had some good demand so I think the feeder market's in good shape one thing we noticed though September did get up not super far from 140 today and um, they might you know producers might want to keep an eye on it that's been kind of a static psychological static point of 140 all right sounds good what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you Sue well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. Thanks so much. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.